Great stories, epic songs, Podplays. If you enjoy the new and original music you discover in Podplays, be sure to stream or download these songs anywhere you currently get your music. Simply search the artist name Podplays, and please remember to like, follow, and share with all your friends. Hey, I just wanted to take a quick second and tell you that if you want to be a fly on the wall in conversations you probably wouldn't be able to listen to otherwise, you really need to subscribe to the Marty Ray Project Chats podcast. Marty Ray and Chris Wallen chat with some of the most interesting people in entertainment, from Burt Kreischer and Vanilla to Faison Love, DDP, Dina Carter, Herb Dean. They chat with some really interesting people. This show is like potato chips. I guarantee you, you can't just listen to one. Subscribe, download, rate, and review the Marty Ray Project Chats wherever podcasts are heard. Welcome to the pod play entitled Preacher and Jake. Written by Leslie Satcher. Episode 2 of 2. Don't let Jesus find us without loving kindness. And when he comes knocking, don't leave him on the porch. Open up and show him how you're treating your friends. Light the lamp of loving kindness. Welcome in one more. Sit down at the table, feed them if you're able. But if you got nothing, ask him to provide. Break that bread together, yes, always remember. To set a plate of love and kindness, it's the bread of life. Love's the bread of life. I'm sorry, who who are you? Bert. I'm the janitor here. Have been for 20 years. You must be the new pastor. What have y'all done to old Bessie? That's what Bert calls the water heater. They spend so much time together, he just had to give her a name. It only seemed right. Oh, hello. I'm the new pastor. Just call me Preacher. Sorry about Bessie. Rosemary shot her when the cat knocked over the hymn books. Shot? Rosemary? What are you doing with a gun? Never mind that, Bert. Go call the chef. This fella in the goofy hat broke in the church and tried to kill the new preacher. Oh, now wait a minute. I never tried to kill nobody. I was just sneaking around back here when some... Bert, this is Johnny Goldtone. Or John Miller. Johnny did not try to kill me. He was just back here poking around in the dark trying to find a little cash or something he could sell. He didn't even know I was back here. When I called out, it startled him. A whole avalanche of events were kicked into motion, as you can well see. Rosemary grabbed the gun that I assume fell out of his pocket. She was doing a real good job of helping Johnny keep his seat while I tried to find out what was going on. So this Johnny fella, he jumped up and attacked you, Rosemary? And that's why you started shooting? Hold it! I I never... No, Bert. No, Johnny didn't attack Rosemary or anybody else. Rosemary sat on the back steps to the baptistry too long. Her legs went to sleep and... Rosemary Lawson, what have I told you about sitting too long? You know you're supposed to get up and walk around every 20 minutes to keep your circulation going good. Do you want one of them deep vein rhombosises or whatever it is? You know what I mean. Now, Bert, 
Don't you holler at me like I don't have good sense. It was a tense situation down here. I had the perp contained and a job to do. There wasn't any time for gallivanting around like a show pony down here in the back hall. Plus, there ain't room enough to spit with all this old stuff that's been piling up for years. Well, anyways, where's this gun we're talking about? Yeah. Oh, the gun. With that statement, everybody, including Johnny, begins sloshing around, frantically searching for the gun. Rosemary hops off the Ajax box and is digging in the water by the steps. Bert dives onto his stomach and is running his hands desperately under old Bessie. Preacher is sliding his feet through the tide, trying to feel anything that's not a nursery toy or hymn book. And then, trying not to accidentally set it off if he finds it, what seems like an hour of searching passes. Nothing. The gun is gone. Okay, okay, that, that that's enough, everybody outside in the sunshine. Let's get dried off. One by one, they all make their way out the side door. Stepping into the light, each one squints as they emerge from the dark hallway. Rosemary has a seat on the air conditioning unit. The old one, not the new one. Bert takes out a soggy pack of smokes and tries to light one up, unsuccessfully. Preacher takes Johnny by the elbow and helps him have a seat on the bumper of his pickup truck, still parked in the wrong spot. Okay, Mr. Miller, you've told us about the girlfriend and the drummer, but would you like to explain about the gun and why your tattoo is coming off? Johnny jerks at his sleeve in an effort to cover up the fact that his fake tattoo of a wolf is now half washed off and nothing is left but one ear and part of what was a menacing scowl. Okay, dude, you got me. I'm not really in a band. You're kidding me. Yeah, yeah, funny man, ain't you, preacher? Well, the truth is, man, I just got out. A prison? No, man. Junior college. Junior college? Yeah, junior college. I couldn't take another minute of it. I needed a new life, new identity. So I kinda imitated a guy I met once. I made up the gold tone bit to help me have a little tougher image. I bought the tattoo at a gas station and the pistol off a guy out in the parking lot. I know it was wrong, but I just wanted to feel like an outlaw for a little while. I've been the good son for as long as I can remember. My little brother gets away with murder, but not me. I toe the line. Show up and work hard. That's old John Rufus. But not anymore. I'm hitting the road. Truth is, I only slowed up here because I thought I might could scrounge up a little food or some money. I am a preacher's kid. Bet you didn't see that coming. I know my daddy always kept a little cash for drifters just to help the ones that were down. Said it was what Jesus would do. Son, let me get this straight. You busted out of junior college, tattooed yourself, bought a firearm from a stranger in a parking lot, and then thought it was a good idea to prowl around in God's house? You should have just knocked on the front door like the drifters your father was so gracious to help. God would have answered. 
Yo, Daddy is a preacher? What denomination? <laughs> Miss Rosemary, I don't think that matters at this point, do you? Preacher, I was just concerned that we might be aiding and abetting a criminal soul that is the son of one of our own. Oh, God forbid. And he even quit college. Junior college? Boy, what was you studying up at Little College? It's not... It's not Little College. It's Junior College. It's kind of a launching college. Into, well... Big college. All right, then. What was you about to launch out of? Is that right? Yes, sir. It's about right. Well, I was going to have my two years degree in accounting. Ooh, I see. I'm sorry. Uh, I mean, that's a good thing to know accounting, right? My mother thinks so. I was trying hard for the first year, but then... All the numbers, and the classes, and the lectures, and the finals, and well, it all just wrapped around my brain like a wrench that was getting tighter every day I stayed. I called my folks. It was like they wouldn't hear what I was trying to tell them. They just said, Oh, John Rufus, you make us so proud. You're gonna take over the church office someday. Hang in there. So I did, till yesterday. What What happened happened yesterday? yesterday? I woke up in my dorm room, and when I sat up in bed, it fell off. What? My left eyebrow! It fell off in my hand when I ran it over my face. Johnny pushes back the now out of shape Fedor to reveal that there is, in fact, no left eyebrow on his head. That's why he had that thing tipped down to such a Johnny angle. He wasn't trying to be cool. He was just trying to hide the fact that he could only express surprise with the right side of his face. John Rufus. May I call you John Rufus? Uh, Yes, ma'am. But I like Johnny better. Now, John Rufus, I can see where the shock of finding your own eyebrow in your own hand might be enough to push you over the edge, so to speak. However... This does not give you the right to go about the country scaring God-fearing people half to death. Not to mention disgracing your poor mama and daddy with your careless disregard for their hopes and their prayers on your behalf. Now, instead of a son who can wrangle the books of their home congregation, they have a flashy-suited, pistol-slinging cowboy who had the audacity to enter the Lord's house. With your hat on. Knowing good and well you had left out in the front parking lot. That! Rosemary flings a pointer finger like a bolt of lightning towards what the others haven't noticed yet. Pulled up in the shade of the pine tree Preacher should have parked under sits a hippie van. Well, that's what they used to call them. It's pale blue with a five-inch purple fleck stripe down both sides. The windows are sinfully tinted as dark as possible. And there are bumper stickers. Oh yeah, bumper stickers galore. Virginia is for lovers. I've got a mile high in Colorado. You know, stuff that has no business whatsoever on a vehicle parked in a churchyard. 
It's the sight of the outline of a naked go-go girl sticker that finally causes our Rosemary to swoon and near on faint into the arms of Bert, janitor-slash-handyman. It takes a cold bottle of well water to bring her back around to normal church secretary uprightness. Uh, um, Johnny, is that your van? No. No? No, it's... Hers. Now Johnny's the one pointing. Right on cue, two long tan legs hop out of the side door. They're extended from a small skirt, and I stress the word small. Either that, or the gal with hair that has green tips and a hawk feather tied in it got up this morning and put on a dinner napkin. She's slinking her way toward the group. Rosemary faints again. Hey, Johnny. It's getting hot out here. I'm hungry. You coming or what? Oh, hi, baby. You're cute. I'm fawn. <laughs> it's nice to meet you. Fawn quickly pivots from Johnny the musician to preacher. The preacher. She makes no bones about it. She is hungry. Gosh, kitty pie, what's your name? She purrs so close up on Preacher, he don't have room to extend his hand to greet her. He sort of jumps back nervous-like. It's okay, Fawn's used to that. She was told by her mama early on that she has a magnetic presence. And though she has no earthly idea what that means, she's always done her best to live up to it. Uh, Ms. Fawn? I'm the new pastor here at All Souls. Just call me Preacher. Oh, honey, it's just Fawn. <laughs> no, Miss. Um, a Preacher. Do y'all get to get married? Oh, I I'm sorry. Are you and John Rufus friends? John who? Me and Johnny here met up at the gas station a few miles back. I'm driving to Hawaii, and I told him he could ride along if he'd get behind the wheel every now and then. He said he would. I said, get him, baby! Hey, how far is Hawaii from here? Preacher, Rosemary, back awake, and Bert all stare at Fawn like they're looking at an alien. Johnny just hangs his head with embarrassment. Ma'am, y'all are in Tennessee. Hawaii must be thousands of miles from here. I don't know for sure myself. Never been across the Mississippi. Never had no need to. That must be one heck of a bridge they built. That thing in Memphis is scary looking enough. Can't imagine what one to Hawaii would be like. Bridge? What are you talking about? Oh, come on, Johnny, let's just go. Fawn is starving. Unless you want to go, preacher boy. Can y'all eat hamburgers? Huh? They let y'all eat meat? Huh? Now you listen to me, young lady. You just mocked your little Mardi Gras-looking self right back out to that den of iniquity on wheels and put some clothes on. Nobody, and I mean nobody, is going to stand out here and have a conversation with our new pastor as undressed as you are. Ma'am, I'm sorry. We'll be getting on. 
From the cool of the shadows, a sleepy-eyed Jake strolls up and begins threading in and out of the preacher's legs. He glances up at Fawn, but he focuses on Preacher, like a cat does when a cat wants to be picked up. He don't let up. Preacher's got his hands full already, and he ain't sure what to say nor do. Finally, he jumps in and wings it. I think what Bert was trying to tell you is that I'm not sure you can drive to Hawaii. You can't? Oh, why not? Well, you see, there's this ocean, and and what Miss Rosemary was trying to tell you in her own way is maybe we could talk inside, all of us, together, in my office. 
maybe figure out a solution for you and Johnny that might be better than driving to Hawaii. No way, preacher boy. I'm driving to Hawaii yet. I'm going now. Well, first I'm going to go through Mickey D's, but then I'm driving to Hawaii. See you, Johnny. Good luck with the hillbillies. In a purple fleck whirlwind, Fawn balls the tires of that used van and leaves them all standing wondering how in the world she's going to get to Hawaii headed north. For she is headed due north. When she peeled out of the All Souls Drive, you'd have thought the highway sign across the road, the one that reads Bowling Green, Kentucky, 65 miles, would have been a clue. But hey, why bother with details when you have a magnetic presence? Poor old Johnny, he's afoot now. What's he gonna do? Just like Fong was born with her gift, Preacher was born with one too, a pastor's heart. It gets the best of him standing here seeing John Rufus Miller, the good son, failing miserably at being a bad one. And that dang cat won't quit. He climbs up on the hood of Preacher's old truck and starts that rumbling purring again. Preacher runs a hand over his little arching back and then turns to address Johnny Goldtone. Johnny, looks like you'll be staying with us for a bit till we can get this situation figured out. First, we need to get you into some dry clothes. Rosemary, could you go to the choir closet and grab some robes that'll fit us all? We can pop our shirts and pants in the dryer out in the laundry room behind the kitchen. Also, I don't know about y'all, but I am hungry. Is there enough chicken salad for all of us to have a snack before we start helping Burp mop out that hall? Well, yes. But are you going to feed this hoodlum? We should already call the chef out here. I don't think Johnny is a hoodlum. Just a misguided young man that could use a friend right about now. Technically... He didn't pull that gun on anyone. You did. So what say we give Johnny a chance to talk a bit? And while he is, he can help mop up the mess he caused in a roundabout way. How's that sound, Johnny? Chicken salad sandwich, talk, and mop. I guess it sounds okay. I am kind of hungry. Good then, it's settled. Miss Rosemary, how about those robes? Well, I never. A drippy rosemary and even a soggier Bert turn and head for the fellowship hall and the choir robe closet. Quick as they're back, everybody takes a turn in the one little bathroom behind the baptistry. Each one emerges with nothing but a purple satin zip-up robe on, socks and shoes. I have to say, they make a crazy-looking bunch sitting out on the air-conditioning units, old and new munching on sandwiches and trying not to look at each other's legs. Lord help us if any of the congregation decides to drive up now. This would be hard to explain. Mm. Ah. Rosemary, thank you for that. Those were some wonderful sandwiches. I know now the ladies were not exaggerating about your fine culinary skills. My what? You're cooking, ma'am. I was referring to your way with the chicken. Oh, thank you, preacher. 
It was nothing, just a little dash of Tony Sashry seasoning when I'm mixing my salad all together. Oh, Lord, preacher, bird, don't either one of y'all dare tell the other ladies what I just let slip out. I declare, I don't know what's wrong with me today. Oh, I know. Maybe it was shooting somebody in the church hall. All while being scalded by that crusty beast of a water heater that Bert won't let us replace. Bessie still has five good years left on her, according to him. I think not after today. <laughs> but better call the undertaker. Home Depot. I'm headed to Home Depot as soon as I get my paints back on. I just unhook Bessie and take her with me. She's been a good and faithful servant here at All Souls. Now she deserves her rest and some fishing. But, you nut, what in heaven's name are you talking about? Are you telling me you're taking a worn-out water heater fishing? Lord, no, woman. I'm taking Bessie out to Lake Delwood. I'm going to drop her in off the end of my favorite pier. Bessie will make a lovely habitat for a mess of crappie that frequent that end of the water. Next spring, I'll be hauling them in by the armful. Skeeter Coleman will be green with envy <laughs> and won't have a clue why there's so many off my dock. <laughs> yep, me and old Bessie are gonna make fine fishing partners. Folks, that's all good to know, but right now we need to go fish for a solution to our Johnny Goldtone. I mean, John Rufus Miller problem. Hey, I'm a problem. That's awesome. I've never been a problem before. This is great. Wait till my little brother hears. Oh, fine. Now we've got ourselves a prodigal son that's proud to be a troublemaker. What have we done? All souls will be a stop off for every black sheep from here to the state line. I, for one, do not intend to fill up their guts with chicken salad every time one of them decides to fall down and wallow with the hogs. Rosemary, please. Johnny, follow me back to my office. We need to talk. Upon hearing this statement, Jake the cat hops off the hood of Preacher's truck and disappears into the open back door. That silly cat sashays back into the church and down the little hallway that ends at the pastor's office. Johnny, Preacher, Bert, and Rosemary all follow. Quickly, Bert and Rosemary get distracted by the mess left behind from the shootout. Bert begins the arduous task of unhooking Bessie. While Rosemary grabs the business end of a mop and starts pushing the rusty water out of the open door. Preacher, Johnny, and Jake have the pasture study to themselves. Jake resumes his post under the lamp on Preacher's desk and closes his eyes. He drifts off to dreamland. But is a cat ever really asleep? Have a seat, Johnny. Take one of the new leather chairs. <laughs> they're, they're a little more comfortable than those old upright ones out in the hall. We need to decide what the next steps of your journey are. 
I have every right to call the law. I don't really want to, son, but you need to convince me why I shouldn't. Or is jail something a new tough guy really needs to have on his resume? Now, wait a minute, preacher. I really wasn't figuring on jail. Just a life where I call the shots. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think I know what you mean. But here's the truth, Johnny. We all answer to someone. Even troublemakers answer to someone. Some answer now, some answer later. But make no mistake, we all answer. Now, I think I might have a solution to all of this that would work for me and for you. You do? I do. It's a simple answer, too. It's a one-word answer. That's the most powerful kind of answer. One word. I learned it sometime back when I was starting my own journey. It worked for me. I bet it'll work for you, too. One word? Well, what word? Jake rouses and stretches his paws all the way to preacher's hands that are resting folded on the desk in front of him. He begins the kittenish move of pressing back and forth with them. This makes preacher smile, and for a moment, he's distracted by the look of friendship and peacefulness in Jake's eyes. Uh, excuse me. Hello, preacher. The word? Oh, yeah. Sorry. Loving kindness. Loving kindness is the word, Johnny. What do you think? Loving kindness. You okay, man? Hit your head during that brawl or something? Loving kindness is kind of flowery sounding. I'm not sure how it fits with what's going on with me, man. Well, let's think about this, Johnny. I need to show you some loving kindness. I need to get past the fact that you brought a firearm into this church. Hey, I... I, I know, I know. You didn't use it, but you brought it just the same. Anyway, back to what I was saying. I'm about to lean on loving kindness now. Kindly use it as a filter to look through at what's happened here today. You want a different life than the one that's been planned for you by someone else. I was just like you. My life had been planned out too. My dad had a good job all lined up for me, meant a good paycheck, waiting at the end of every week, and a good nest egg when my work years were done. I had other ideas. Preaching don't usually make you rich. My dad knew that. He was worried for me. We had a pretty big row over the whole, I'm gonna preach declaration. But loving kindness? My father was the poster boy for it. After a few days, he came around. One morning, he handed me an envelope with enough money in it for me to enroll in seminary, and he said he'd be praying for me every day. He does. I think loving kindness might be your solution too. How? Well, by now your folks know you're gone from school. You need to tap into the power of loving kindness to give them a call and let them know you're okay. Then give them a chance to tap into it as well. I'm pretty sure they think a lot of you by the way you describe them. It might take a bit, but they'll come around. If you've never told them about the pressure you feel to always be the good son, maybe you need to tell them now. Use loving kindness, Johnny. It never fails to soothe hurt feelings. Like I said, it has a power all its own. Jake rolls over and purrs contentedly as he studies Johnny. Johnny 
is studying his boots sticking out from under the hem of the purple satin choir robe. But he's listening to Preacher, even if he's acting like he's not. Preacher smiles, rubs a hand over Jake. Then he opens his daddy's old Bible, starts to read. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness. According unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit in me. Psalms 51. Sounds like a prayer, don't it, Johnny? Well, it is. You know, a king prayed it over 2,000 years ago. He had made a big mistake. It was King David. He was God's friend. He came to God and asked for loving kindness and forgiveness. And we could do the same thing today. Loving kindness is timeless. You can tap into it now. It's just a prayer away. Johnny didn't notice Jake when he moved from preacher's desk to the back of the nice leather chair he was slumped in. Johnny's head was hanging down. He didn't notice when Jake stretched out across the back of his chair either. But when that cat let a soft little paw rest on his shoulder, Johnny felt it. He felt lots of things. He felt ashamed and sad all at once. And at that same time, strangely, he felt comfort and peace. When he could raise his eyes again, they went straight to the face of that shepherd behind Preacher. That's when he saw it. Loving kindness. Rays of afternoon sunlight were streaming through the face of Jesus right down onto Johnny.
Preacher? Yes, Johnny? Could I borrow your landline here at the church to call my folks? My cell phone just went to Hawaii and Fawn's fan. I'm not real sure what I'm gonna say, but I think it might be a good idea to explain to my dad what's been going on. I'll ask him to come pick me up. That is, if you've decided against the whole jail thing. I'm from just down the road, so it won't take him long to get here. I, I don't think the whole jail thing would solve much. Anyway, you need to spend some time with your dad, Johnny. Give him a chance. The best thing about loving kindness is that it always works. And remember, anyone can show it and everyone can receive it. It's also one of the best things you can pay forward. Never forget that. No, sir, I won't. Thank you for understanding about everything. The sneaking in, the fake name, fun. I'm real sorry if I scared anybody. I didn't mean to hurt anyone, truly. Oh, and um, about that gun. What gun? Oh, thank you. Don't worry about it, Johnny. You go be a good guy again. That's all the thanks I need. And if you need me to speak with your dad, I'll be happy to. Preacher, what about Bert and Miss Rosemary? They must hate me. Oh, I don't think they hate anybody. Don't worry about them. I'll smooth over everything. That's part of my job description. It's called pastoral care. Now, I'm gonna step out of my office so you can have a little privacy. And remember, Johnny, just tell your folks what's been bothering you and why you felt like you had to do what you did. Let them know you have a new friend, a preacher. Preacher steps out from behind his new desk and gives Johnny a big old hug. Jake hops down and scoots out the door back into the hall. Preacher pulls the door closed when he hears Johnny say, Hi, Papa. It's John. I need to talk to you. We'll return to the pod play Preacher and Jake in 60 seconds. We now return to the pod play entitled Preacher and Jake. Well, there y'all, preacher. 
I was wondering if I was going to get any help with this mopping. It seems all the men folk mysteriously disappear when the work cranks up. Now old preacher has to laugh to himself when he sees how fast Jake skirts out the open back door of the church and away from Rosemary's wide sweeps with that mop. (laughs) Here, let me help you now. I was in a bit of a counseling session with our young Johnny, just trying to help him sort some things out before he called his folks to come get him. Come get him? I thought the sheriff was coming to get him. Mercy. Sweet Rosemary, All Souls is dealing out some mercy today. I know you must agree it's a good thing to be known for, hmm? We don't need the sheriff to help us with that. We can do that ourselves. Me and you and Bert. Let's give Johnny all we got. Now let me have your mop. You go sit down and get off your feet for a bit. Well, I don't think he's all bad. Nobody's all bad. But he did bring a gun to the church. And Lord have mercy, that girl. Uh, excuse me. My folks are on their way. Could I have my clothes back? Johnny shines a light on what everybody had forgotten. And it started them all laughing. Loud. Bert back behind Bessie. Rosemary from the steps of the baptistry. Preacher leaning on his mop and Johnny standing there in his soggy fedora and cheap boots, all still in their purple robes. I have to say, they look more like a Saturday night choir than a Sunday morning one. They'll be here in about 30 minutes. I thought I might wait out in the sunshine and dry off a little more. Oh, honey, come with me. I'll get you things at the chop. Are you still hungry? I have some red velvet cake back in the kitchen. I'll cut you a slice while you're getting changed in the laundry room. You don't, uh, you don't have that gun, do you? Rosemary! Well? No, ma'am. I don't even know what happened to it. And to tell the truth, I hope I never see that thing again. I apologize for scaring you all. I don't know what made me act like such an idiot. I hope you can forgive me. Now, that's enough about that. Let's get some of that cake. And just like that, Rosemary's arms of forgiveness wrapped around the boy. The look on Johnny's face almost makes Bert cry. All of a sudden, Bert, the handyman slash janitor, feels mighty tired. And so he backs up and sits down in one of them uncomfortable old pulpit chairs. Preacher plops down on the other one right beside him. He feels tired, too. Jake wanders back in and rubs against Bert's shins, then Preacher's before he stops to give the new pasture a very self-satisfied look. Almost a grin. If a cat could grin. Preacher reaches down to stroke him just before he shoots out of the door again and dashes off in the sunshine. Well, Bert, heck of a first day for our friendship, huh? Sure has been, preacher. I don't think in all my years here there's been one like it. I hope there never is again. (laughs) Me too. Me too, Bert. Hey, what do you think happened to that gun? Oh, that. It's behind them offering plates over in that corner. 
I was sort of hoping it just be counted up as lost. I didn't want that boy to have that kind of trouble pinned to him. So when my hand came across it up under my girl Bessie, I just slid it over there. I was going to come back later and, well, drop it in the trash going out tomorrow. Hard to charge someone with a crime if you can't find the tool he was supposed to have committed it with. With this confession still hanging in the air, Burton Preacher commenced to laughing again like old friends, which they will be. Bert, I knew I was going to like you. Preacher, I thought the same thing about you. Any guy who can take that little cubby of an office without a word of complaint is my kind of preacher. To tell the truth, Bert, I really love my new office. That window is beautiful and inspiring and comforting. The new leather chairs are nice. And that little cat, I named him Jake. Don't know what y'all call him. He's made me feel right welcome. Hasn't left my side since I got here. Cat? What cat? The little gray one. He was just here. Just rubbed your preacher. You sure you didn't hit your head in all this commotion that's gone on here today? We ain't got no cat. Rosemary is deathly allergic to him. Runs off everyone that comes up. No cat? No cat. I see. Well, forget I mentioned it. Must have low blood sugar or something. I could have sworn it. Huh. No cat. But Preacher knew there was a cat. Sure as he knew Johnny wasn't all that bad. And Rosemary was more tender than she made out to be. And that Bert would never really sink Bessie in Dalewood Lake. He never mentions Jake. But whenever that little cat shows up and settles himself under the warm lamplight spilling down onto his desk, Preacher gives him a pet on the ears. Then that pastor turns to smile up at Jesus and the Lamb, opens up his Bible, and gets back to work at the All Souls Fellowship Church. Let brotherly love continue. Be not afraid to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. Hebrews 13, 1 and 2. Don't let Jesus find us without loving kindness. And when he comes knocking, don't leave him on the porch. Open up and show him how you're treating your friends. Light the lamp of loving kindness, welcome in one more. Sit down at the table, feed them if you're able. But if you got nothing, ask him to provide. Break that bread together. Yes, always remember to set a plate of love and kindness. It's the bread of life. Love and kindness. Love and kindness. Don't let Jesus find us hating like the world does. Let him hear us holding each other like a prayer. We'll go home to heaven singing like his children. In the land of love and kindness, I will meet you there. I will.
This has been the Podplay Preacher and Jake, written by Leslie Satcher. If you've enjoyed the new and original music you've heard in this Podplay, you can stream or download these songs anywhere, anytime, from wherever you get your music. Or simply visit podplays.com for the songs, more Podplays containing more original music, and entertaining bonus content. Search for the free Podplays app in the App Store now. Hey, I just wanted to take a quick second and tell you that if you want to be a fly on the wall in conversations you probably wouldn't be able to listen to otherwise, you really need to subscribe to the Marty Ray Project Chats podcast. Marty Ray and Chris Wallen chat with some of the most interesting people in entertainment, from Burt Kreischer and Vanilla to Faison Love, DDP, Dina Carter, Herb Dean. They chat with some really interesting people. This show is like potato chips. I guarantee you, you can't just listen to one. Subscribe, download, rate, and review the Marty Ray Project Chats wherever podcasts are heard. Great stories, epic songs. <laughs> Podplays. If you enjoy the new and original music you discover in Podplays, be sure to stream or download these songs anywhere you currently get your music. Simply search the artist name Podplays, and please remember to like, follow, and share with all your friends.